I was working for New Mexico Game and Fish, doing a study in the northwestern part of the state, monitoring big game populations. We had several collared animals that we were tracking to get a better idea of their habits and range. As a biologist, it was my dream job. Monitoring the big game species was the most interesting to me, but we had quite a coyote problem in the area, so I wound up focusing on that. Coyotes are not a protected species in New Mexico and are oftentimes seen as a pest. We were getting reports of coyotes moving further into the suburban areas, so we decided to do a study. We caught and collared 15 coyotes and planned to track them for a year. One of the issues we were running into was that the housing developments were taking over the coyotes' natural habitats. The other issue was potential overpopulation. Either way, we had to trap and collar these coyotes. I noticed in our study that several of the coyotes were moving into residential areas, but they were avoiding a massive area of land near the reservation that looked like it would be a perfect coyote habitat. When I discovered the pattern, I set out to investigate the area and see what was keeping coyotes out. My theories were lack of easily accessible food or water or potential predators. There didn't seem to be anything strange about the area. The land was rocky and barren across most of the plains, but that wasn't abnormal for the area. The native plants were thriving and the water sources, although not substantial in the climate, were readily found. However, I didn't see much at all for wildlife. My curiosity got to me, and I decided to set up a game camera near the fresh water sources. Nothing brings desert fauna together like water. If there were any animals to be found out there, the game cameras would catch them. I went back at the end of the week to collect the cameras and review the images. If you don't know how game cameras work, they're motion activated and take a series of photos when the sensor activates. There were a few captures on the camera, but nothing like I would expect. A couple of ringtail, a fox, the thing is, they all looked on edge. Generally, wild animals are always looking over their shoulder. That's the only way they can survive in the world. But there was something else here. I couldn't let it go. I ended up doing a night patrol out there. I drove my truck out there that afternoon and parked close enough to a small freshwater source that should generate some traffic. The desert doesn't really come alive until the evening, so I decided to scout out around the area. I found something that I missed on my first trip out there. Or maybe it wasn't there then, I'm not sure. There were sticks by the edge of the water that were purposefully arranged in some type of pattern. They looked like symbols you'd see on a cave painting, but they were made with sticks. I don't know what they meant or who would even be out there. It looked like it could have been some type of witchcraft if I had to guess. I looked for any footprints around the area or vehicle tracks, and I found nothing besides my own. I camped out in my truck until evening. I had a camera and my notebook with me to record any information I found. It was dead quiet until the sun went down. Out of nowhere, I heard a pack of coyotes screaming. If you've never heard coyotes before, they scream something terrible. It's impossible to mistake them. I'll admit, I was surprised, since all of the coyotes we collared seemed to avoid this place like the plague. The coyotes sounded close by. I got out of my truck and tried to get sight of them. They sounded close enough 
that I should see them any minute. I pointed my flashlight in the direction I thought they were, and the screaming stopped dead. Two lights reflected back at me. They were eyes. I swore they shone red for a moment before turning to silver. It was a coyote, just one. It suddenly started digging when it saw me. I approached it to see if I could scare it off. It darted away from the spot it was digging, but it hung around just at the end of the reach of my light. I walked over to see what it had been digging, and there in the dirt were the letters L-E-A-V-E. -E. I shined my light back at the coyote. It locked eyes with me, and its lips curled up at the corners. I swear to God it smiled. I flashed a quick photo of it. I ran back to my truck and got the hell out of there. I don't know what that thing was. I don't want to know what that thing was. I remember its eyes though. It had human eyes. When I went to check the camera, nothing but a white blur showed up in the spot where the coyote should have been. I don't know if I was surprised by that or not. I stopped my coyote study the following week. They were avoiding that area because of that creature, but I couldn't explain it with science, so I reported it as a simple overpopulation. I didn't tell anyone about my experience at the time. Who would believe me? The whole thing sounded absurd, but I have been hearing more stories about strange things going on in the desert. Maybe someone out there knows what I saw or had a similar experience. Ever have a moment when you know you should have listened to everyone? Yeah, me too. Of course, this knowledge doesn't come without some insane story, right? Well, here's mine. I had been convinced to go camping in the Badlands of South Dakota. I was never one for camping, but my friends talked me into it. This trip definitely put a nail in that coffin. The Badlands National Park is gorgeous, but in a non-traditional way. The landscape varies, and you feel like you've traveled the entire country when you visit. It seriously is so different. You can see jagged rocky peaks, but also acres of prairie. It makes you feel like you've traveled to another world. It's interesting and crazy. Camping here is not for the faint of heart. I still don't understand how I let them talk me into it. I will tell you, it made for a very interesting and unbelievable story. We did very minimal research before heading out. That was an epic mistake. What research was done was literally right outside of the Badlands when we stopped to fill our gas tank and buy snacks. We chatted with the cashier and told them our plans. They quickly warned us. They told us to skip the camping. Go out and enjoy the land, but don't sleep outside. We laughed and told them that we had come all this way to camp, so we're going to camp. We were fools. We spent the day looking at the touristy stuff, the boardwalk to the windows, and the door trail, just to name a few. My buddies were all excited about the camping part. I was not so much. I didn't enjoy sleeping in tents, but it wasn't long before we made camp near Watchdog Butte. Night quickly fell, and we were all sitting around. The full moon was shining, and the clouds had basically disappeared. The sky was beautiful and made the camping part of the trip worth it. I still wasn't overly excited, but I was coming around fairly quick. We could hear the wildlife starting to emerge. The coyotes were yipping and howling. We could hear small things scurrying around, but we just kept talking and enjoying each other's company.
going over where we wanted to start out our next day before we crawled into our sleeping bags. At least, that was our plan. We didn't know that where we chose to sleep was the home to something unnatural. We were laughing and cracking jokes when we first heard it. A scream. At first we thought it was a mountain lion, but it sounded eerily wrong. We couldn't quite figure out why, but we immediately fell silent and began looking around trying to find the source. We just started to calm down and make some jokes about how antsy we were when my friend grabbed my leg and went completely silent. I looked at them and saw that they were staring off towards the watchdog. As their face turned white, I turned to follow their sight, and standing there at the feet of the watchdog was a woman. She was there, but she was blue and see-through. She was gorgeous. As the rest of the group caught on and turned to look, her features started to change. She raised her arm. Her eyes became just gaping black holes, and her mouth dropped open. That wasn't even the most terrifying part. The scream that she released made my blood run cold. I quickly grabbed my ears and scrambled as far back as I could. I watched as I saw my friends all cover their ears also. We had no idea what was going on, but as soon as that screaming stopped, we were tripping over each other trying to get back to the car. Before we could gather our things, we heard something just outside of camp. I didn't wait to figure out if she had gotten any closer. My ears couldn't handle another scream like the one she had just assaulted us with. We raced to gather what we could and threw it into the back of our cars. Not caring about how we were mixing up tent poles, we just wanted out of there immediately. It was as we were finishing loading the last bit up that we heard it. Faint music coming from just outside where we had made camp. We all looked at one another, unsure of what to think about this new development. Was it something to do with the being we had already seen? Was it something else? Was it another camper? I knew that I didn't want to stay and hang out and figure out what it was, so I jumped in my car and turned the key. Everyone had piled into whichever car had an open seat, and we sped out of there. As we neared town, we slowed down. I was leading the convoy, and I didn't want any of us to get a ticket for speeding. I know that I was thinking that surely someone had been playing a trick on us, but we didn't even know anyone, and surely it would be bad for business to scare the tourists. We found a hotel and got a few rooms, but we all filed into one room. None of us wanted to be separated. The events of the night had left us shaken and pretty terrified. We all just kind of fell where we stood, making up where to sit so we could all stay together. It's been years. I haven't ever been back to the Badlands. I don't think that I ever will. What I do know is that when my friends and I get together, we rarely speak of it, and only do so to ensure that we're not crazy, that it really happened. I know that it sounds crazy, I really do. What we went through that night can cause a grown man to pee his pants. I've always considered myself a daredevil, the friend in the group always willing to take a risk, from bungee jumping off of bridges to finally being able to skydive after my 18th birthday two months ago. I have a taste for adrenaline at all times. So when my friends and I scheduled a camping trip over spring break, wanting to be unplugged for a couple days from reality, there was no fear in my heart about it. Not yet, anyway. California has been my home for as long as I can remember. 
My family immigrated here from Mexico when I was four years old. El Dorado Hills is the closest thing to home I have ever known and molded me into who I am today. But I never did much traveling besides visiting the grandparents in Mexico yearly. So when my friend and I scheduled a vacation, I was more than excited. Even though it was only an hour away, I couldn't wait to get to the National Forest. So excited, I started packing weeks early and preparing myself mentally for the separation from my best friend for a couple days, my phone. I even bought rods and lures to fish with, despite never having caught a fish in my life. I thought that this trip would be the perfect time to try, plus two of my friends knew how. We also planned to hike trails and ride our bikes and enjoy the scenery, which from the pictures was more than breathtaking. Saturday couldn't come fast enough. The anticipation to be with my friends on my first trip away from my parents was killing me, and them too apparently, because they wouldn't stop talking about it, trying to scare me into changing my mind. In hindsight, they had every right to be worried. The drive to the campground was exhilarating. The landscape was so vibrant, clearly untouched by humans. The area was mountainous with lakes and trees and open areas scattered throughout the landscape. I know I said I'm a daredevil, but at this point I began to think I underestimated the size of this forest and my ability to maneuver it. But of course, I didn't tell my friends that. I was the brave one. If I was uneasy, it would rub off on everyone else. So I ignored the rising fear of what or who could be in the forest at night that we couldn't see. On the drive to our spot, we saw a few other cars, but the park was so big our sights were spread out. We finally made it to our designated area and started setting up the tent so we could explore a little bit before dusk. Had we not been able to hear faded music and laughter from other people, I would have assumed that we were alone. Our swimsuits were already under our clothes, so we grabbed our tackle boxes and poles before heading to the trail near the lake. While walking, I was studying the map and noticed another body of water deeper into the forest. The curiosity got the best of me and I convinced the group to head there instead. The trail was slightly rugged. California is extremely mountainous, but nothing I can't handle. Less than a mile in, we could hear the water ripple nearby. It wasn't big enough to be a lake, or named on the map like the other ones were, making it all the more exciting. We threw our lines in to see if there were any fish biting. It turns out, fishing is too boring for an adrenaline junkie. I would rather be in the water catching it with my bare hands. I couldn't just stand around staring into the water for another minute. I gave my pole to my friend and I started wandering around instead, looking at the map for our next destination. It wasn't getting dark yet, so I let my friends fish without complaining of boredom. After all, it was my idea to go to this spot instead. They caught a few fish, throwing some back and keeping a few tiny ones for bait. Dusk was slowly closing in and while possible, it would be difficult to navigate this forest in the dark. We headed to the lake in the opposite direction of our campsite, this time to swim and maybe ride a kayak or whatever we could find. We swam for about 30 minutes or so. As the sun began to set, we watched it from the lake's edge. That was our signal to start heading back to our site. We gathered our belongings while dreading the walk back. As we were heading back, it was much quieter than the walk there and the calmness I felt before turned to anxiety. After five minutes of walking, 
I was almost stopped dead in my tracks by a putrid stench. It smelled like we were walking into my high school football team's locker room after a game, or a dumpster full of sweltering garbage. I immediately blamed it on one of my friends, needing to bathe after our swim. But everyone had the same confused reaction I did. The scent came out of nowhere. We stopped and tried to find the source. Smelling each other's armpits and looking in our bags and even the tackle boxes, finding nothing. We laughed about the situation, blaming it on someone leaving old trash at their site before leaving. Then we heard three loud, bellowing yelps that sounded fairly close to us. Stunned, we all looked in different directions to see where it was coming from. There was nobody at the nearby sites or on the trail with us. We assumed it was the older kids we saw at the lake. Almost to our campsite, we saw an enormous reddish-brown creature standing at least eight feet tall walking through the trees. It wasn't fat, but strong-looking with broad shoulders perfect for a football player. But this thing was far from being human let alone a football player. The closest comparison I can make to this creature is a bear, but even bears would not have been able to walk upright so perfectly. Regardless, I didn't stick around to analyze it, because before I knew it, my fight or flight kicked in, and I was running in the opposite direction. Panting from exhaustion back at the campsite, there was no need for discussion. We immediately packed a tent up and left, to a friend's house, not to go home of course, I'd rather let the creature eat me than have to admit to my parents that they were right.